0: In here and the bass keeps running running and running running and, running, and running, running, and running, running, and running, running, and running, running, and running. running and running running, running, running. <laughs>
1: Back. Good evening. The beauty is back from vacation, and of course, you know me—I've saved the world. So you're still saving it. I'm still trying, anyway. So why don't you uh, t- why don't you tell us all the trials and tribulations of being on vacation
0: in Ohio? God, I've almost been back two weeks already. Just talk and get my bearings. You know me—I always go off
1: on a tangent. So. If it's good enough for me, it's good enough for you.
0: It was fun just to see. I was there and they were getting ready for Pride. So they just had Pride this last weekend. Where in Ohio? Um, the Glass City. Do you know what that is?
1: No. It's not a city?
0: It's called the Glass City.
1: Is it a city? Oh. Well, Toledo.
0: Friend. Toledo, Ohio is the Glass City. Oh,
1: Toledo. Is that anywhere near yeah. Dayton?
0: Two and a half or three hours. Oh,
1: okay, so you didn't feel the... Which I that... was
0: there when that happened, which is scary, but... Yeah. Did you know it was happening when it happened? No. Not till the next morning.
1: When 9-11 happened, I was back east as well. I was in Massachusetts. Okay, I'll share both. <laughs> I'll, I'll make the distinction just so we can oh, talk about it San later. Oh, the San Diego that plane. was plane. Yeah, the San oh, Diego right. crash. No, the plane that I was supposed, to, I was was supposed to be on was from Los Angeles to San Diego, but when nine eleven happened, um, I was in Massachusetts with my mother. Yes, and I believe my father as well. I, yeah, he was alive at that point, point. and I just got up early in the morning. Believe it or not, I didn't sleep until two in the afternoon, and turned on the TV. And I see this video of this plane flying into one the of the World one? Trade Centers. It was the first one. And actually, I had no idea what it was. I just thought, oh, they had an accident. A, plane, a little plane flew into a building. And to be honest with you, I thought it was happening back here on the West Coast or something. So I just turned the TV off.
0: You didn't realize it was the World Trade Center? No. Oh.
1: I wasn't paying that close attention to it. And frankly, I just thought it was an accident. So I turned the TV off, and then we were all going to go sightseeing and candle shopping and all that stuff because that's what you do when you're in um, Agawam, Massachusetts. And then all of a sudden, we're in the candle shop, and ev- all hell broke loose. That's when the the second plane hit the Trade Center, and it was all over the TV, and people were panicking. It was just it was absolutely scary. And so then, when we got ready to leave which was a few days later, we couldn't leave because they had shut down the airports. Right. So when they finally allowed the airports to open, believe me, it was a scary thing all over again. Everybody was looking around at everybody else and it was just it was just really scary. Which-
0: I remember part of your story with this is that there was some ex in it.
1: Yeah, the ex. He was in... Well, he wasn't an ex at the time. He was my boyfriend. And he lived in... Um, San Francisco not Jerry no not Jerry Jerry. no and he lived in San Francisco and we were talking on the telephone he was not concerned about me in any way he was afraid that they were gonna come and and send the planes to
0: San Francisco Francisco,
1: and and he was all concerned about himself so we actually got into quite an argument about that You, you don't don't even care about me and I'm right in the middle of a current situation and you're freaking out because of something that probably won't happen.
0: because cons- 19 years ago. Be,
1: yeah, be concerned about me. But the cherry on the Sunday, and I don't mean that in a positive way, was when we finally got on the plane to fly home. We flew right over the ruins of the Trade Center. And you oh could see the glowing of, still, of, of, the, sure. yeah, of the embers and the heat and the fire and everything. But then again, now you were going to talk. So anyway, you weren't close to Dayton, which is a good thing. But um,
0: it was a great experience, I think more than ever. What has it been? 10 years, 11 years now since I moved out of Ohio. But this was probably the best, not even probably, it was the best experience going back home. It was a reunion of sorts, right? Because of that, which we talked about and about the interview with Brianna, the girlfriend from high school, all the social media and the blasting of that caused all these old high school classmates to come out and see a couple of my shows. A couple of them came to different places. Even a high school teacher. A shout out to John Elder. Did he know you were a big homo Who wasn't just a teacher in high school by the way. Our families grew up next to each other and um, he used to babysit my sister and I. And one of the um, craziest stories I just have to tell about it's a quick story but You know, he wasn't, um, I loved my father and he was great and whatever, but when he passed, I had to, um, deal with some demons of just him not being a very present father. It was a long time before I ever heard anybody say these positive, amazing things about my father, and it was John Elder. He was, you know, in high school, and my father was always a music, 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 music freak. You know, any kind of music. Is that where you get your singing voice from? Well, I, that's where I just get my love from, music in general, I know that that is. I thought jazz was the stupidest thing until my father. I didn't want to listen to it because he wanted me to, so I was <laughs> rebellion against that. Okay, but does Nancy no. Sue sing? No.
1: Did your father sing? No, not a
0: stinger. Well, where the hell did you get that from? He was a sound man. My father liked to live bands, and he would build big, cab those things that you sit on and they vibrate at chill bar. My father used to build oh, yeah. those. Yeah. He would build those from scratch in his workshop. So, anyways, to hear. This man's stories about being a teenager and telling me that the majority of his love of music came from my father's influence it was just kind of like oh, a wow moment. That's lovely. Like, if it wasn't for your dad, Jason, I would have, he turned me on to Elton John. He turned me on to The Doors. He turned, like, he was just naming all this stuff that he was like, it, your dad would, like, sneak me up. Vinyl album to listen to. Like, because I don't know what that time, we're talking 70s. Right. It was the 70s.
1: I wasn't born
0: yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was, and you weren't. Okay. (laughs) But, anyways, great experience to see him. And he was just, he became a teacher almost at the end of my sister and I's high school careers. And then he just retired. Like, probably, I'd have to say, in the 25 years he worked in that school, probably one of the most popular, best teachers of all time that's just how he was he was just a cool cool person and for him to bring his wife out and to see me perform and they came to your shows did they tip (laughs) of course oh okay and then i met him the next day a couple days later i met he said he would meet me at the high school which um you know he's retired but he's still like a part-time assistant track and field coach or something. And wouldn't you know, we're in the high school for about five minutes and he gets a call and he has to go. He's like, I'm so, so sorry. I would not leave you if I really didn't have to. And he had to go and he's like, but you know, when he talked to some people in the office or something. This is Jason Everly. he's the class. And blah, blah, blah. he wants to just, and they're like, oh my God, go look around, walk around. Take your walk down memory lane. It was pretty, I have not been in that high school since I graduated from it in 1990. So very, who kind of feeling. It was very therapeutical. Boy, that would be strange
1: for me going back to my old high school based on being totally mugged and
0: well, here's almost here's the thing. This is what the most eye-opening thing was for me. I knew right how to go to the wing where the theater was and where band was and where my main things were. And rocking around the rest of the school, it's like, God, it's familiar, but I don't even, not... It was familiar, but it wasn't at all. Have you ever thought about going to one of your high school reunions? Because those were my... What's important, I point out, those were my saviors. Music and theater, and that was... uh, Because I don't remember. I'd walk down these halls like, did I have a class here? I think, but I don't know. You know, but the other stuff, I could walk right to it. I know what... Turn left on the first hall, and around, and back to And here's the band room, and here's the... Crazy. No, it'll be... I kind of just have one, but there was only, there was maybe 20, 25 people that came oh, you out. Went to which, one? Oh. And that's my class of 380 people. That's all that came out. Yeah. But it was still an amazing experience. Um, the majority of them girls, of course. But um, next summer will be the 30 year class reunion. Anyway, t- t- t-
1: tell more about your, I want to hear more about So The vacation was cool. The like shows that you did. Something. Did you get tips? Yes. yes I already know the answer to that you actually <laughs> sent me pictures of loads and loads of, kind of dollar bills that's great
0: that's a blessing in disguise because the money probably wasn't that good when you're there and it's a regular thing and they're used to seeing you every week you don't make the same kind of money you do after 10 years absence and then you the mean money like, just comes out of
1: you mean like at the show last Sunday where right. people were not tipping as it much happens. Yeah. it
0: happens yeah I know a shout out to um, I shit you not her drag name I am bird shit
1: <laughs> no that's her, her name I am bird shit and people were absolutely <laughs> loving her they kept but yelling they her name up bird shit bird shit tipping she was getting the least amount of tips for whatever and she's reason she's such a
0: newer queen only been maybe doing drag not even two years but just has so much energy and so much passion and it reminded me this contest this amateur kind of contest that I judged back home it reminded me a lot of that. Just seeing the passion. She would not just take the smile off her face from the minute I walked in the dressing room that night to the, she was just smiling and so happy to be there. It was yeah. so humbled. Because when they're just hopping around at little things in LA, they don't, they got to really prove themselves. Before yeah, but when, a day. You
1: have, but when you have your gimmick.
0: Just ask, but. Ask Wilhelmina yeah. and the girls. Yeah. They just want it right now. And it's yeah. like, it doesn't happen. Yeah. So I like the fact, honestly, that Angina has picked some of these girls to come out. Most of them. But that
1: goes back to what we we were talking about, about Treadmill. You know, Treadmill's got a different kind of drag show.
0: Gay Americana.
1: Gay Americana, but it's kind of like, okay, you want to do drag, you want to perform, you've never performed before, come here and and express yourself, which is really quite lovely because a lot of these people can't get openings it's like I was talking to Mm -hmm. a client the other day I can't find a job because they want someone with more experience but if I can't get the experience then how am I going to if I can't get the the job job, then I can't get the experience so yeah it's that chicken or the egg type thing which is beautiful that what treadmill does uh, at divas on the dance floor at trunks and that sort of sounds to me like what you were telling me about the Ohio Queens having so much passion and, and I'm
0: telling you, this was, they just brought it, everything they had in them, for a $50 paid spot at Toledo Gay Pride, mm-hmm. which out here would probably be like, nobody would even want to compete for it. Yeah. I mean, because that's a different dynamic. I get it.
1: But don't you think we need more of that kind of passion and that kind of energy here?
0: Which is leading me to this. You saw my post. I still want more people to respond to it. Why do you do drag? Challenge. Why do you do it? And this is a good segue, because I do want to talk about this, too. Because I'm not calling about anybody's names. Some great people and some friends have answered. And I don't know if you looked at the comments I actually
1: haven't even seen the post.
0: And I think here's what it is. If you're being honest with yourself, and you commented on that post of mine, which I'm sure everybody did, but it shows. If you're going to try to... Tell me that you do drag because you're the most passionate, da-da-da, and we all know that you're not. Don't say that. Right. Unless you're really that. But everybody was very honest who commented. There, there were no delusional queens? No, not really. But here's the thing that it comes down to. It's still not. One person kind of hit it on the head, like what I'm talking about with Keisha. Gregory, our good friend who mm-hmm. was on the Pride edition, I Own a Man, totally hit it on the head. It's about invoking some emotion, and it's about some passion. And it's about I own does great, and she yeah. kills it, and I think she's one of these trendsetters, with it being okay to be older and come out and drag, yeah, and right. you know right. she's just come back to it. Yeah, she didn't just start like some of them; she just came back to it. But don't you think she's also one of
1: the ones I was talking about before that benefits from treadmills embracing? Yes. Everybody. Yeah. And there are a lot of them out there. But, you know, then there's one queen around town who was always woeing woeing about me because nobody will hire me. And I want to perform because it's my passion, but nobody wants me. Well, if you retire every two seconds, then
0: you're sending mixed signals. And see, that's not even... Remember how Keisha was talking about somebody she knows... That doesn't still quite get it. Okay. And as soon as she said that, I know exactly what she's talking about. I know exactly. You either get that or you don't. Right. And the only exception to me would be misbehaving. Because she can be silly. She can be out in left field. She can be on her own planet. But guess what? It's just for fun (laughs) for her. And I respect that completely.
1: She's not like Mm -hmm. I call them the money grabbers where they just come out they don't even look you in the eye. They don't eye. know what they're doing. They, you're right. They don't smile. They don't acknowledge. As an audience member, I deserve something as well. This is not all about you. Like you said, that's what the tip, coming out to make money. That's what money. the
0: tip is supposed to be for. And, the, and they just forget that. But that's another reason why. Too many people don't understand that. The
1: minute the, in, the, the performer steps out onto the floor, people pull out their dollars and they're holding it out there. No, make them work for it they're a little trained. bit. Yeah.
0: It's nice that they're trained that way at Trunks, but sometimes it's, that's what creates that.
1: Right. But see, one of the things that you do, one of the things that I admire about Keisha, one of the things I admire about Carol, and other drag performers as well. Keisha and Carol are not drag
0: performers, but I think you know what I mean. But I, my post, just so you know, was open to drag queens, singers, actors, comedians, right. dancers. Why do you do what you do?
1: But they stand on the dance floor, uh, on the stage or the floor, and they give a performance without the need to start coming out and grabbing money right or doing the round robin of the floor while you're First doing thing. the entire show <clears throat> marching around grabbing money grabbing money grabbing money and not
0: getting to do anything really to perform no
1: there are a lot of marchers out there too money grabbers and marchers <laughs> anyway on that note why don't we take a break for <laughs> a commercial and then we'll be back, but I want to hear the dynamics between the Ohio Queens and the Queens that we're, we're
0: seeing, here, and seeing here, here in Palm
1: Springs and their attitudes and their passions and everything else. This episode is brought to you by Pyromedia Network. Pyromedia Network
0: is a progressive moving platform to give a voice to those who still don't have one. PMN's core mission is to provide a safe and positive creative space For creatives to flourish to their highest potential. For more information, please visit www.pyromedianetwork.com. We're back. We're back.
1: From outer space? From outer space. (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) All right. So, what I wanted to Uh... know, I wanted to hear, because you've told me this before, you were telling me stories before we started recording about, I'll just call it what I think it is lazy queens. Especially queens who are in positions of their own show.
0: Well, it Maybe can be power, power in their delusional mind. Well, but. It can be power or not. But listen, that goes on everywhere. Because there's a queen back home. It's the same way. You have all these little ones looking up to you or want to get booked by you or you want to whatever. And here's the thing. If it's your hobby or if it's something you do on the weekends and you work yeah. your 9 to 5 job, I get it. Maybe it's not quite as necessary but when it's your full-time job and you put 50 percent into it or more and don't buy a pair of tights let alone hip pads or fingernails or even complete your makeup where it just looks unfinished i don't get it i honestly just don't get it none of us are perfect well now that brings up something because we were talking about the fact that this picture
1: that you tout which is absolutely gorgeous and my dumb ass forgot to put, put nails Bingham on that nails day. On. <laughs> and you know what? and that that but the picture is totally gorgeous, and it's not like something you do. it's Very on the rare daily. For me, you yeah, know exactly. exactly. And you know what, who was the one who actually, I mean, does it really make a difference in a picture like that for you to have nails on?
0: I mean, yes and no. It just depends what way you really want to look at. Some queens will tell you, because I just think it's an excuse. Not all all girls have long nails. Okay, but we're emulating, over-emulating what a female is. So then I see queens
1: coming out, and you've done this before too, with absolutely no boobies, just mm-hmm. flat paint. You can be androgynous, and or you can it. do that
0: kind of thing. I love it. So what, It's not something that's my normal. Or especially when you're then doing you make something that choice. with your Farmer John short tan showing under your dress I mean your arms can be bad enough I mean a drag that's ugly I mean you see I don't have that I'm always all summer long I'm wearing tank tops or sleeveless shirts that's part of the reason I don't want that line there and then I put on a right. strapless dress or an outfit and that shows it's ugly nice, nice. it's no, like, so gross. No, it's, no, it's not true. even I mean when is your come on when it's your full time job Literally, that's like clocking in and not even being in uniform. It really is. When you're on top of the world and if you're killing your game and you're doing your thing and you choose for this to be your full-time job, what they, what they don't understand is when you build people up, it builds you up. Just switch the way you're thinking about that. Because it really does happen. You know one of the queens in, it really does. Um,
1: in the Palm Springs area who I admire, who is an inspiration who is a legend because she's been doing it so long, is Tommy Rose. And I really do think when you are working with Tommy Rose and respectful, Tommy will provide you the same kind of respect back.
0: But this show's not what it was. I I mean, everything good must come to an end. Yeah. Do
1: you love listening to me talk, Miss Kitty? I love listening to me talk too. (laughs) So anyway, yes, so Are we please. done talking about you now? I mean, so let me just ask this. Are there any lessons learned from from your visit to Ohio? And now coming back here that you can say, wow, I've experienced this and this is going to impact me and my... I think so because... God, of- don't I sound like a psychotherapist right now? But it's going to impact me and my way
0: of doing things moving forward. Yes, because you know what I was just telling Keisha when we had lunch this week... I was telling you, telling her this in front of you and you get it. When I'm saying like, I can do whatever, you know how long I've waited to be able to, and for whatever reason, in seven months with the show going on, that is like a full circle thing for me because I get so over that I don't even want to be performing anymore, but that makes it so much better because right. this is just what I'm supposed to be doing. And if I could just grab this with a different belt and this outfit and do Ace of Base, <laughs> and they like, we love you, Jayla! What? How does it get any better than that? Or manage an empire.
1: Flamboyance LLC. I mean, you don't know where that's it's going. It's crazy. And then we've got this other project, which we'll talk about further At a later, later on yes. in the works. That's your baby as well. So, I mean, you've got a lot of
0: options, which is it's great. It's very inspiring. It's very full circle when I go home. And these young queens are like, oh, my God, we heard about you and da, da, da. When I went home, they seriously treat me like I am like team. I came off of RuPaul's Drag Race, So that's you, how they treat all that. I mean, it was a, to it, on a different scale. It feels like that. But don't you think you deserve it after all, everything that you've put in? And the
1: fact of the matter is, is that, and you know this, I ask you when certain performers are up on the stage at chill, um, are they Rue Girls? And you'll say no. And I'll think to myself, my God, been. they should be
0: they should be so you don't have to be the end-all be-all right i'm just happy with that the only pressure that comes with that which i've never experienced in all my career in almost 25 years of drag it's a really big pressure to not you're gonna think it's so silly but it has to be this way to not re-wear stuff more than twice (laughs) like it's just almost like an absolute, not even a question for me now. Well, but didn't Cher
1: say something about that Ugh, a long time ago? It's so so
0: difficult. Never show the same body
1: part twice. Always reveal a new part of your body or something. And I think that's important to realize
0: because you see, and I've and, seen. And that part is really fun, and I'm so fortunate that I can actually afford to do it. That's a big difference. Yeah, I know. So I'm very fortunate to be right. able to recycle stuff that much. And I ordered, I spent 75 bucks today in order to... New costumes from somebody that I know... I, you just have to keep doing it. But see, I like what Anjana would to. say in the
1: thing. There's Jayla in another... New dress, dress, dress she can't afford. Can't afford. <laughs> I know. And, and I think it's fantastic. And I think you should do that. I mean, that it, it, ultimately, that's following along with Cher. You don't think you've seen her in the same and I outfit have
0: twice, right? My sister Becca, Ohio, Danielle Vasquez, is like, I got another... I'll send you some pictures next week. I got more new stuff. And I, she's the one that's keeping me more. Between yeah. her and Adrian. But um, that's a lot of pressure, and I love it. And I, I don't think, know if anybody notices, but I just know.
1: But you know what? What's interesting is, is that and and I don't know whether this applies in this case, but in dealing with my druggies and my alkies at the rehab center when I did my internship and then I did my consulting with them, if I ask them, "What's your biggest fear in life?" In being clean and sober, which is a success all in its own. It's the fear of success. Because once you achieve success, which they I'm have, one. which I'm you one. have, what other people have, now you got to maintain it. And now it's kind of like, now there's the bigger okay. pressure that's, in your life. That's perfect. Just maintaining it. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. And that comes with a lot of pressure. You know, unlike me, like I've told you before, I've gotten to the point in my life where I've just done all this stuff. I don't give a shit what anybody thinks about me. And I've got and I don't mean this to sound disrespectful, but I've got more money coming in than I know necessarily what to do with it. So it's kind of like putting part of it away, you know, for... Um, a rainy day. A, a rainy day, like to buy a Maserati or... Something a rainy like vacation that. If I, if to, I choose to Yeah, I'll be an 80-year-old man driving around oh, in a Maserati <laughs> with a with a, um, the top down, just pretending like I'm 25 years old. But you know what I mean? We do get to a point in our life where... We do have to understand that, I mean, do you think that there are pressures on me as well too? Now that I've achieved a certain place in my life, I mean, I don't care what people are saying about me. I think there are. But it's more... But there's a lot of you're haters You're not out on there.
0: stage. You're like, right. You're on your own kind of you're stage. Right. It's a it's a proverbial stage Well, that you're Shakespeare on.
1: says, "All the world's a stage." So we're and all you're on, on your our own, own stage. but at the same time, being like being
0: involved with me makes your stage even more interesting. Yeah, it does. <laughs> does that it make does. sense.
1: And you know, in the beginning, that it cer- certainly got to me and stuff. And now it's kind of like, yeah, Jayla's on her own stage, and I'm on the stage with her. But then again, I'm on my own stage as well. That's why. I, I tell a lot of couples I deal with, you can't get involved in a relationship where one each of you make the other one whole. You have to be two holes that come into the relationship that enhance each of you, become you a whole further. And That's right. Well, yeah. <laughs> or two holes is one. Yeah. Isn't that a Barbara Streisand song? Erica. <laughs> two hearts that call beat her. as one. That's codependent, but then again, that's not the point I'm trying to make. So I think that that's, 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 that's the is. wonderful part about our relationship is we enhance each other, we teach each other, we learn from each other. And yes, I understand the concept of being maligned and chewed out and blackballed because I happen to be the quote-unquote quote, drag husband. But then again, it, there's also the perks of being catered to because if you can get in good with the quote-unquote drag husband, then maybe, so I've experienced that as well too.
0: Being the ends to the means. And and, and frankly, I,
1: I don't care about either one. I'm just living my life the way I want to live my life. I've earned it.
0: Well, it's true. My only goal is, when you talk about maintaining all that, this next project could, I'm like, where else does this go? Yeah. Besides something like this next project. Right. right? So then I'm thinking things like that kind of success would just kind of be like a... It would almost just become routine.
1: What's going to become routine?
0: Talking. This maintaining, my maintenance of what of, w- of what is. Of what you've achieved so far. Yes. Okay.
1: I agree. I agree. Because you're taking it to the next level with the next project. And it seems to me like that's what you've been doing all along. And Working I think up towards that, And right? ex- and that's exactly the reason why your people in Ohio are looking up I to you it. because you're you're inspirational.
0: I don't have haters; I have a fan club.
1: Oh, I never heard that. You meant really I'm just a fan club. I'm just thinking in the in the okay. in the true sense I like, of the I world. Forget if I told you about no, that. No, you didn't tell me about your.
0: I'm Jelly Motherfucking Fox, and. I'm fabulous. I'm so fabulous. I don't have haters. I have a new fan club.
1: <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Good saying. for you.
0: Well, why don't you talk about what's love got to do with it? I gotta All right. So, there. you know what?
1: I had a topic I just wanted to talk bit. about, but I'm not quite sure that we have the time. But let's just see how the magicians of editing do. You know, one of my pet peeves is, well, two of my pet peeves. Is saying I love you and the other pet peeve is calling people my friend and I think we've gotten to the point where we have so many friends that we've diluted the word friend
0: okay you're not talking you're talking to be on a Facebook friend
1: I'm talking about the In use- real life I'm talking about the use of the word friend oh okay. I met somebody last night now they're my new friend or I have a Facebook friend or I've known this person for a month and they're my new friend now. I'm going to go hang out with them and I just love them. And, or XOXO and things like that. And it's like by utilizing these kinds of terms in irresponsible ways, the way that I look at it, we're diluting the concept. And here's something that I was thinking about earlier today that was told to me by an (laughs) ex-friend, funny as it is, that if you've got friends that you can count on more than one hand then you're doing something wrong <laughs> and i thought and this was probably about five or six years ago when i first moved to palm springs and i was basically desperate for <coughs> friends and like we talked about going to the palm canyon theater and meeting people you know of like minds and stuff like that all of a sudden oh you're my friend you're my friend you're my friend but in reality you're my acquaintance you're my acquaintance you're my acquaintance because I've got people in my life who have been in my life for decades, mm-hmm. like Vicki, my bestest friend in the whole wide world, Vivian, who I've worked with and have been friends with for decades. These are my friends. So then you think about it, okay, do you make the distinction between a friend and a true friend? But then what does it mean if you're just a friend? It, to me, it just means somebody who's an acquaintance.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't think I call anybody my friend that I don't feel.
1: But see, there are labels other than being Again, friends. Again, I'll throw it around. Right. There are there are labels other than being, you're not my friend. You're my person. <laughs> my mother is not my friend. She's my mother. My niece and my nephew are not my friends. They're my niece and my nephew. And with each of those, quote unquote, labels it's... comes an understanding of what they entail.
0: True, but I if you're my person, I'll use best friend to me that makes sense see i look at it in a different way i look at it as there's a definition like i can tell person. you anything we can talk about anything and we have and i'm sure maybe there's more to cut ta- to me that's a best friend like a partner a person should be a best friend
1: but don't you think the definition or the word of person can incorporate components
0: well, of course like yeah,
1: yeah. friendship confidant all the rest of these things that are elevated to this label called okay. person. So
0: there, that's just the umbrella, right? Person, like my okay. best
1: friend in the whole wide vic- world, Vicky, is of course she's my friend, but she's my bestest friend. She's also the person I would go to for anything. She's been there for me. She and I are each uh, recipients of in our will of what if what happens to us. It's all under that umbrella. Mm-hmm. My mother, of course. My mother is my friend.
0: Is Anita treadmill your friend? Anita treadmill.
1: Yes, Anita treadmill is is a close friend.
0: A close friend.
1: That's why, because that's why I'm thinking that the use of the word friend means nothing now. Because
0: yeah, I don't. I see what you're saying, but I'm, I'm thinking myself now. I'm like, I don't overuse. I don't use it in the wrong terms,
1: and I'm not saying you do. No, I'm, I'm not, just saying I'm
0: not saying you're cute that it, oh, I'm just, no
1: I'm saying in our society right we utilize the word friend to mean something that's more equivalent to you're an acquaintance or you're an individual who is involved in my life
0: you're just somebody I know
1: you're somebody I know but but somebody I can't count on somebody who if I weren't here Exactly, and know. then that brings me back to what's love got to do with it? The fact of the matter is, the word love is bandied about irresponsibly as well, too. Oh, I love you. Well, you don't love me because I don't even love you. I care about you. Maybe I even respect you to a certain degree. Who was
0: that? I love you. to You that would just annoy you. Like, can you think of an example of who? Uh, there are a lot there are a lot. I Do you mean that. like in a Facebook message with somebody say, "Oh my god, thank you for talking, love you." Love you
1: or even out in public and saying, "Oh, it was I had such a great time. Love you." Well, no, oh, I don't love yeah. you. You're an acquaintance and I enjoy doing things with you. But you know what? I have to bring Carol Kaminas into this cuz I love her. And she and I have had discussions about this and she has been adamant about the fact number one, she doesn't say she loves anybody. Unless she absolutely loves somebody and I love the fact that she makes a point every once in a while saying I love you and you know that's true so we say that yes (laughs) and And so we reinforce it because she's had her issues with that as well too and I absolutely respect that so I do understand more the concept of if you've got friends that you can count on more more on one hand then you're doing something wrong because the ex friend who told me about this is an ex friend, but one that I thought that I could count on both hands and both toes and anywhere any other thing on my body. But I think it it would be interesting to say you can count on more than one hand ex friends. Me? No, me. Oh quote unquote ex friends because well, I can too I thought I just of don't them refer to them that way. I, I thought of funny. them as friends. Right. But then in the bigger scheme of things and the definition of what I've adopted as oh, what friends me, right off
0: the top of my head.
1: they're not friends. They were acquaintances. They showed their true colors. And you're absolutely right. You're not counted on one of my five fingers. But then I think that leaves room for what we discussed before. A bestest friend in the whole wide world, Vicky, doesn't count on a finger or a thumb on one hand.
0: Right.
1: A person doesn't count on a finger or a thumb. A mother, a father, a niece niece and nephew, nephew. family—they don't count. Well, yeah, (laughs) I have my issues with my brother. Yes, indeed, and that's for another time. But no, I don't count him as a friend. I count him as a brother.
0: See, I used to have a huge issue with—I like to say—best friend. I had such an issue for a long time there can only be one that's what the word best means
1: well then who's your best friend <laughs> well he's not anymore so he's an ex best friend
0: yes I just that's just not my vocabulary oh. but it's okay for me now at 47 years old to say one of my best friends like there's a, there's five but he's not and your best okay. friend but they can't be the best for, the bestest friend is that what you should call him? Well, but that's, that's why what, I love that you have that thing with Vicky. Well, that's what it's I love so about cute.
1: Vicky. She's my bestest friend in the whole wide world. And that holds another meaning because we've been through much, so much together. Right. And I'm not going to diminish any of these umbrellas.
0: Well, of course. I get it.
1: By saying, you, Jason, are my best friend. Because you're not my best friend. You're my person. And the person... <laughs> The umbrella of the person incorporates more than just friendship. I hope that makes sense. No, it does. Uh, yeah.
0: I'm yeah. saying my handful, like I have to say Larry, who I was just talking about justice, is a best friend of twenty years. Andrew would probably be the it's probably the Vicky that's in Pittsburgh. Because Leslie, like I tell you, my Vicky leslie it's different because she's being a mother i think in 10 years when her boys are out of the nest and she's leslie again still a mother but you know what i mean when they're in your house it's different i think we'll probably rebond a lot more than we have lately and that's okay i don't
1: understand what difficulty you're having with calling people an ex-friend I'd we say, use it with my ex-boyfriend, my in, ex-lover, my ex-partner. It's not in my
0: vocabulary, that's all, when it comes to a friend. I say my ex.
1: You did say your ex.
0: Dating. I say that.
1: So why doesn't it apply to friends? I don't know why I don't or... say ex-friend. My ex- I suppose
0: the ones around town that are in my fan club, I should start calling them my ex-friends.
1: <laughs> oh, I hear what you're saying. You they're know what your, I mean? They're your ex. Well, I just don't say it. I don't
0: even believe they deserve a title. How, can they, like that how can they? How can they? How can
1: they be ex-friends and still be a part of your fan club? That escapes me.
0: Because my new fan club are my haters. Remember, we're talking about that group that wants to jump on the bandwagon and just hate on me for no reason. Oh,
1: I hear what you're saying. That's your, the fan club. Your fan club are the haters. Yeah.
0: Ah, oh, so... People worried about what I'm doing and where I'm at, what I'm saying. I love it. You're a fan. Okay, I love if it. If you hated me so much, you you wouldn't even speak my name. Okay,
1: I love it. I understand. Did it now. Yeah. Okay, so I'm okay. glad we made that clarification <laughs> because I did not understand it and I remember what you're saying. So I can put it into perspective.
0: Because when kids come back that I don't even know, they say, you're J. Lady Fox. What do you mean? These are people I don't even know that come up and right. tell me these things. Right. I'm like, okay, well, then I think this means she's a big fan of mine because she can't stop talking about me. Then, I don't then know I, what else to, how else to explain that. No,
1: then I think it is appropriate to put ex-friends in your fan club. I don't want to look at it that way. I don't want ex-friends.
0: It's just my in, twist on making haters a positive thing because that's just what I do. But I think it's fun.
1: See what I find interesting I just think about it's it. Fun. Yeah, I what I find interesting is I love to identify the haters you have your, as haters. You have a
0: huge you ever have fan clubs that probably got more money yeah, than mine does. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: I know. I know. <laughs> I have a lot of haters in my life. But the fact of the matter is is that the majority, if not all, of the haters in my life, it's their issue, not right. mine.
0: Of course. We know I love when Keisha gets deep and she says something like, "It just breaks my heart that I know a person, knowing you, meaning you, is this good, kind, compassionate, and then I can have another friend that just doesn't see it because I'm, I'm experiencing those that kind of same right. situation." With certain people, you know what I
1: mean? But that makes sense because everybody has been through their own experiences. I have yet to say psychologically speaking one, so I'm going to say it now. Psychologically speaking, everybody has been through their own experiences. And they filter life through their own filters. And so when information comes in, it runs through their filters. And if they've got negative ones through past negativity... Mm-hmm. Then that's the way they're going to see life, and so, you know what? There's nothing I can do about that. All I can do is exist, right. and if I resent, represent something to somebody,
0: <clears throat> we exist and we keep succeeding. So that's just going to make them even if, exactly. if they don't get it exactly. It's it, going to make it worse and worse.
1: And if they perceive me based on their filters as somebody who represented negativity in their life, there's nothing I can control about that. That's, that's on them. Right. And to be honest with you, I think that I've experienced it more in my life, especially here in Palm Springs. Like an ex-friend said to me, I know why a lot of people don't like you. And I asked her and she said, because it's because of your profession. Well, there, was she
0: really ever your friend?
1: She was my friend for short periods of time until she continued to show, show her true colors she was
0: really more than a, just an acquaintance
1: yeah absolutely okay. she was a friend okay i considered her a friend but then after showing her true colors after giving her the opportunity to quote unquote change and she didn't then it's kind of like i'm cut you know i'm i i I'm, I'm cutting you don't it. have time right? i'm cutting it and then when she came back to me the third time and said can we just put it all behind us and be friends again i said no no We're not going to because I'm not going to open myself up like this again because I already know that there's a high potential for you to do this again and I'm not going to do it. So let's nip it in the bud and let's just not even go there. You go your (laughs) way. I'll go my way. But what she said to me was the reason why they don't like me is because of my profession is because my my profession intimidates a lot of people they think I'm psychotherapizing them they don't like my honesty like you said the other night we're sitting there and people are intimidated by the fact that I don't want to talk to people but the people who know me like you and my other people know me I don't want to talk because I don't want to talk I talk and think for a living (laughs) we're just goddamn lucky that I'm talking on this podcast
0: so how much do you believe her?
1: Believe who? My ex-friend?
0: Yeah. Because mm. I see it. I'm oh, not, I, I absolutely. would make the exact same resolution that I she ax- made.
1: No, I absol- absolutely believe it. And you just let it. I mean... It doesn't bother me it's anymore. It's for the record,
0: but you, once in a while, it, I'm human. You say these things and you're human and it. But you know, it's like I was talking to a client of mine today. You and I don't think it should at all. But well, that's
1: just me. But I was talking to a client of mine today, and she was telling me that sometimes I, you know, with the dynamic between her and her husband, I take it personally sometimes. And I go, "There's nothing wrong with taking it personally. Mm-hmm. You're a human being, and the okay." So let me back up a second. I don't think I've talked to you about Gottman and the Four Horsemen, and we're not going to get into a psychological discussion about this necessarily, but he, I know you
0: make your comments about it and stuff, and right. I kind of get it. you kind of explained.
1: He maintains that there is conflict in every relationship, and that's the only way that we ever get to know about the other individual. Yeah, each individual understands each other through the conflict, but it's all about conflict management,
0: I need that conflict sometimes of course because that's
1: how you're gonna find it but the management is the key thing so like I was telling my client the other day based on what Gottman says and based on what we're talking about is you're a human being you're entitled to your feelings and we're all sensitive in certain ways but as she admitted I'm learning better ways of behaving coping or or coping coping with the emotion I said yeah you can be butt hurt when somebody says something to you, that's okay. Then you say, what am I going to do with this? I can start an argument or I can remove myself from the situation and then let's say, let's meet up later to talk about it. Those are all healthy coping strategies, but we can't deny our feelings. And nobody else can deny our feelings because they're ours. That's the why I have my clients learn I-statements if you say well when you did blah 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 I felt hurt or when you said blah 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 I felt embarrassment the other person can't come back and say no you did well no bad. you didn't they we can't there's
0: people in our worlds so I have one in particular that will tell me no I didn't No, you didn't I'm like oh god that is the most frustrating exactly and
1: that's not healthy And that's actually showing disrespect for you as a human being in being able to feel what you feel. As opposed to you statements where you say, I feel this when you do that. Right. Why do you do that? You made me feel. You did this when you did that. That automatically puts the other person on the defensive. And you're setting yourself up for conflict in an unhealthy way. But I statements, I'll reiterate again just because I want to end with the I statement thing, is that nobody can dispute your feelings as a legitimate human being who deserves to walk the face of this planet like everybody else. I mean, that's the bottom line. That's why we're doing what we're doing. We want to touch people in the most positive way that we can. So please work with us and respond reach out send and enjoy
0: reach out and touch fate
1: oh god now we gotta hear him sing can we end <laughs> now <laughs> don't touch it oh good night au, from, au
0: revoir farewell i'll saying
1: from the beauty in the shrink bye i bye, say miss good night miss, miss kitty's got to go home now and run and run and run, run and run and run and and run and run, run